Welcome to B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got it, boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome into B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. Bonnie, another beautiful week here in the United States of America. Weather-wise, it was pretty chill, mm-hmm. but we've had some storms kick up over the weekend. Uh, let's rewind to last night. You guys in Oklahoma City got into it, and uh, you had a pretty impressive bow come blowing through last night. Yes. Um, You know, first we had that little supercell up in northwest Oklahoma that put down a tornado. And it's unconfirmed, but they it it wasn't moving very much like that whole storm. And so they think at one point there was a tornado just chilling on the ground, not really going anywhere. Um, But I haven't seen any reports of like what they rated it and stuff yet. So I don't know. But um, so that happened, and then we had the big line come through out of the Texas Panhandle, and it just came through across the entire state. Um, it came through Oklahoma City, Moore, Edmond area, probably around 1130, and it was not as severe as it was in the West. In the West, the winds were just nuts. P- power was out all over the place. Damage just from straight-line winds, like trees and roofs and stuff. Like It, it got crazy, but it, it calmed down a little bit once it got here. And it was interesting, you and I had texted back and forth, and we had tweeted some stuff out um, from the Storm Prediction Center. And, uh, you know, we're used to sharing information from those guys, National Weather Service, our TV meteorology friends. But something was very interesting, and we talked about this before we started taping today. Bonnie, you guys were in a PDS thunderstorm watch. Now, yes. we've, we've talked about PDS tornado watches a lot because, you know, they're pretty rare and, you know, when those are issued, you really need to pay attention, keep eyes to the sky, have a weather radio or access to information. But I didn't even realize you guys were in a PDS thunderstorm watch until maybe an hour after it was issued. Yeah, I, I didn't realize it till way later in the evening either. And uh, I mean, I'm as far as I know, as long as I've been alive I've never been in a PDS thunderstorm watch. I mean, when I was younger, I guess it could have happened, and then I was I was just young and didn't know. But that is the first time, to my knowledge, that there's ever been. Well, I've been here on Earth, a PDS thunderstorm watch, and it was for winds. Like literally, it was the wind was so so bad, especially in far western Oklahoma. I mean, there was reports seventy, seventy five, eighty. Like it it was pretty intense, and I mean that's enough to knock windows out and obviously knock power out and blow around anything in your backyard that's not like bolted down so i mean i moved my car in the garage just in case but the winds were not nearly that strong when they got here they were probably 50 60 mile an hour gusts at times but not 70 80 like that right and you know when we go back and we look at the radar um and i had tweeted it out on our weather podcast um Twitter uh, feed at, you know, weather podcast. Um, you know, I was leaning at that. And like you said, they had the one tornado there uh, in an area where the radar cover coverage is pretty spotty. And so by the time that you get, you know, that far from the radar, 
you know, you're looking at kind of the highest points of the thunderstorm. And so they even, you know, said, okay, well, there's rotation here. And I was live streaming David Payne from Oklahoma News 9 out here in Portland. I know you were watching on TV as well. And he was getting calls from Storm Chasers saying, hey, you know, there is a tornado on the ground. Um, you know, I know that you're kind of in a limited radar coverage area, so you're maybe not going to see what's happening on the ground radar-wise. But, you know, the rotation was there. The storms were strong enough, and we started to see these cells start to merge together and really form this bow. And I had sent you a text. You know, you're you're more the expert on, on severe thunderstorms than I am. But it was really interesting because normally you see, like, this wave of thunderstorms, and it will put out a gust front. And it's, you know, 3, 4, 5, 10, 20 miles out ahead of the mainline storm. And there was no gust front with that. And so, you know, I was racking my brain, have I ever seen this? I, I wasn't sure. And I know generally when, you know, you have severe storms like this where you can get these little spin-up tornadoes, generally there is no gust front. And just talk us through the meteorology of that. Why was there not a gust front yesterday when you obviously had these storms cycling through, and you get the gust front when, you know, the storms start to die out and you're starting to push this area as the storms form back behind it. But why did we not see one yesterday? Well, there there was one for a while. Um, and then the line actually caught up to it is what I believe happened because that line was booking it. It was moving 50 miles an hour across the state. So it was, it was hauling. So I think that that's what it appeared to me when I was watching radar, that it just caught up to that gust front. So it was just all one. It was just as the gust front came in moments later than the rain and thunder and lightning, everything would start. So that's what it looked like to me just with, you know, the low level jet kicking in and everything the the line just was moving quick. So what happens then when these storms catch up to a gust front? Does the gust front just die out or is it just kind of revolved back into the storm? I I mean it's just it's just the front edge of the storm. Okay. So just as it moves in, you get that initial whoosh and then you know, then there's obviously still the winds behind it within the storm that are still blowing through as well. Right. And we had, you know, we talked about this bow that moved through mm-hmm. and you had, you know, the like we mentioned, the possible spin-up of tornadoes. You guys had a couple of those happen in the line. I know there's one northwest of Oklahoma City. So when we looked at the radar, and you and I had you know texted and tweeted about this, there looked like there was a little cell that was moving pretty rapidly south to north out ahead of this, out of this line of thunderstorms that was progressing across the state. When those two st- storms really kind of like merged, it looked like there was a really quick intensity of you know that vertical motion that rolling motion that was picked up and probably put down a tornado is that right the one that was east of like the zoo and stuff yes yeah the one that was east of the zoo it looked like it tried to start to spin up a little bit but i don't think it actually put anything down on the ground but yeah i think it was just like you said the way that they kind of merged together spun up a little bit and then got swallowed up by the line and just became part of the squall. Right. And we looked at this, you know, squall line and I know that, you know, you and I had mentioned it, David Payne had also mentioned it. It was very similar to the setup where we had that El Reno tornado a couple of weeks ago where mm-hmm. you get a squall line come through and then you get these little spin ups on the line or, you know, maybe just behind the, the line. But um, it's those I, for my money, I'm really starting to believe those are the most dangerous setups in terms of tornadoes because, they're quick hitting. You can't really forecast it, and you're not going to see it coming. 
Yep, I would agree with that. I mean, especially uh, because the main thing is you can't see them and you don't expect them and can't forecast them, like you said. But for the most part, they're going to be little ones, EF0, EF1 max, and they'll be on the ground for just a minute. But that one that hit El Reno was on the ground for, I think they said four minutes, and it was a high-end EF2, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And, and it took out like that hotel and that was the deal is cause it just happened to hit right there where their, that two story hotel was. And so that's probably one of the stronger ones that have come out of a line like that was that the El Reno one. What for your money, what would you rather see? Would you rather see a classic supercell tornado? You know, it doesn't matter where on the EF scale it rates, or would you rather see one of these little pop-up ones? Uh, that is really, really hard because cause even if you can, you know, there's the one lone supercell putting down a tornado and you're tracking it and you're giving people plenty of notice. I mean, when you think back, I mean, I know you said, you don't know, whatever EF rating, but I mean, I just keep thinking like EF5s, it doesn't even matter how much lead time you have. Those are going to be so, so deadly if they go through a populated area. So I just, I don't know. I think they both are equally scary, but in different ways. Okay. What would you, as a, as a meteorologist and, you know, somebody that loves to track these storms, I know, you know, and I, th- I think I would say, I, I would speak for most of us when I say, I'd rather see a classic, you know, supercell tornado churning up through the Oklahoma or Kansas countryside where it's nothing but field. Mm-hmm. And it's really pretty. It's a slow mover. You know, it stays on the ground for a while, but doesn't do a whole lot of damage to, you know, people, buildings, that type of thing. I'd much yeah. rather see one of those than a quick hit, you know, even EF1, EF2. That does do what it did in El Reno. I just think, you know, for the beauty of weather, I'd rather see the, you know, kind of the textbook supercell. Yeah. Just, you know, le- less... I guess, I guess in my mind, if I have a perfect storm, that's what I want. But I also understand that those don't exist a whole heck of a lot. And when you get them, you know, it's pretty rare. So, you know, I, I think the spin-ups are the most dangerous. I think those are incredibly hard to forecast, and we know that. But, you know, it, one of those is the ones where it's you kind of have to you have to be lucky, I guess. Yeah, and you have to be really, really paying attention. But, I, I mean, I agree with you, like – especially for chasing like you want one that's discreet by itself you don't want one that you could possibly be in the midst of and not know it because you're just caught up in this mess of a squall line you know so definitely for chasing tracking visual purposes a a discreet supercell would be the way to go right do you like these straight wind events or do you like the more classic you know tornadic supercells you know, I like it all. And I think, you know, straight line winds, especially 70, 80 mile an hour winds can do damage like a small tornado can. And right. I mean, we've had winds that have just snapped power poles and uprooted big trees and blown roofs off, blown trampolines away. There's so many trampolines that have been blown across neighborhoods from from straight line winds. <laughs> <laughs> and they end up in a tree or like stuck on a power line, which is really scary, but definitely I like them both because they're both just fascinating in their own way. And so, especially for the winds to be so strong to get a PDS thunderstorm watch issued, that's, that's super impressive. Right. 
I will say this out here in the Northwest, we don't really have winds that strong. You know, it's pretty rare when we do. And usually if they are going to be that strong, it's either, like I said, a thunderstorm coming through or we're in winter and we get one of those giant uh, low bombing out classic winter lows that come up the Oregon coastline and move into Washington and British Columbia, where we're looking at, you know, it's a 970 or below on the millibar scale. And, you know, it's going to bring 130 mile an hour winds to the coast. And occasionally on the higher hilltops, you'll get that. But, I mean, we have had storms where, you know, we've probably had either, um, you know, maybe a microburst within one of those stronger cells that come off these storms. And we've had times where we've lost entire timber harvest where they're literally snapped halfway up the tree like matchsticks. Wow. And something like you see in a tornado, but obviously there wasn't a tornado at that point. But, you know, I think either was a microburst or just really strong winds that are coming off the top of a hill that did this to these trees. So, you know, I, I would love to sit through a, you know, a nice, true long duration wind event like with a thunderstorm complex. Because I just think that'd be fascinating just to kind of see the meteorology behind it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you guys really are the lucky ones when you're in Tornado Alley because you guys get these pretty frequently. Yeah. Well, especially being in such a flat state, just a flat part of the country, there's nothing to slow these winds down. So they just, they just go and they have very little resistance besides just, you know, buildings, trees and things like that. But we have no real mountains or real hilly areas. And so they, those winds just come sweeping down the plain. (laughs) There's a reason why (laughs) the song says that. (laughs) There is a reason why the song says that, because it is true. That's true. <laughs> right. Um, what do you guys have? And I know today you guys have that upper level low literally spinning right over your house. Last time I looked at the radar, um, mm-hmm. it was really pretty. You guys had some thunderstorms go through this morning, right? Yeah. Well, kind of um, late morning, early afternoon. In fact, there was a tornado warning issued in Canadian County, which is the county just west of Oklahoma City. And that happened around 245 today. So that was really crazy because we were just in a marginal today. And I think that it was just a tiny little brief spin up, but enough to get a tornado warning put on it. Um, But I'll I'll be honest, I was at the mall this afternoon, so I didn't even hear (laughs) any thunder or anything. But I came out and it had just rained a lot. And then as we drove south back down to my house, we we hit some of that rain that was left over from that nice little line that came through but nothing like what was going through dallas right dallas got what we got last night it looks like to me yeah totally and if you want to see what had gone through dallas go look at our twitter page at weather podcast um i took a video loop of kind of the entire progression the line of storms as they approached fort worth pretty much exploded over fort worth um, yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen thunderstorms explode that quickly and then the line bows out as it moves through Dallas. So if you go to our Twitter page at weather podcast, you can look at the radar loops of both those, but it was impressive. Well, and it looked like it was pretty much identical to what happened here last night. It was oh, yeah. one long supercell that was tornado warned that then just got swallowed up into a squall line. Yeah, like, exactly. It was, it was the same thing. So that's, that's so funny. And, you know, we were in the enhanced risk when that happened, and they were in the enhanced risk today, which I want to point out that we started out in slight risk yesterday, and it went enhanced moderate pretty rapidly. It did within, I think, an hour. I was going back and looking at that last night. I think it was they had upped it within an hour, which, which is, is crazy. Oh, yeah. It's totally insane. So, but, I mean, they nailed it yes, they um, as, far as, as far as that goes. They, 
they nailed it because it was. I mean, a lot of people lost power, mostly in western Oklahoma, but there was some here in central that lost it. But a lot of people lost power. Um, roofs were blown off in places and trees down and stuff. So definitely some decent wind. And there was also hail. I, I didn't really hear any reports of any serious hail damage, but there was some pretty good ping pong, maybe tennis ball, golf ball size hail too. So, which is pretty big. That is insane. Well, it sounds like you guys have had a lot of interesting weather. What do you guys have coming up in this upcoming week? Um, well, we're looking at uh, mid-80s for most of the week. Um, Thursday, we might start getting up into low 90s. We'll see. Um, still some rain chances, thunderstorm chances here through the first part of the week, um, which is good. I'm good with that. I, I like the rain, especially the more rain we have in the summer, the better. So... I'm, I'm okay with that for sure. How is the flooding situation going now, especially either in northern Oklahoma and then as you get uh, out east? You know, it's it's toning down a little bit. And yesterday there wasn't a lot of flooding because that line was moving so fast. So if it had slowed down and it was just chilling and taking its time, then I think flooding would have been a bigger issue yesterday. Of course, there's always those little spots around cities that are always prone to flood with one drop of rain. So I'm sure that that was an issue in a couple of random places, but for the most part, flooding was not huge yesterday. And I think for the most part, the state has... It's, everything's starting to come down, so that's good. That is good news. Well, out here in Oregon, uh, we talked about it last week. We really cranked up the temperatures. Um, we were in the upper 90s early in the week, and then once we finally got through Wednesday and Thursday, the temperature kind of came back down into the mid to upper 80s. Uh, today, we're looking at probably temperatures will top out here in the next hour or so, lower 80s, 83, 84, somewhere in there. Uh, and then it's going to kind of stay mostly sunny to partly sunny. Uh, for the next 10 days, temperatures are going to be much more seasonal. So we're looking at highs in the mid to upper 70s, and I am very okay with that. Yeah, that sounds really, really nice because, I mean, I feel like once we start heating up, it's just kind of a snowball effect, although that's an oxymoron, snowball right. and heating up, but whatever. But we'll just kind of just get warmer and warmer and warmer. But, hey, we are halfway through June, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so we're making our way through the summer. I really just don't like those blazing 100-degree temperatures because it's that humid, gross heat. Right. So. You really need to come out here to the Pacific Northwest because when it's 97, our humidity is like 11 or 12%. Oh, that sounds nice. We can it still is. be in like the 70s as far as dew points go, and it can just be so gross. Right. Well, I just I just keep pulling up that, mine, that line and twister. Dew points up to 70, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> it just not good. It's just it's too sticky. Yeah, it is. It really is. The air you can wear, it's not okay. Yeah, it's not good. Bonnie, another great edition of B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Uh coming up in two weeks, we are gonna be celebrating our one year anniversary here on the show. I'm Ooh. super excited about that. Uh we'll have some fun things that we'll talk about and kind of look back on uh the year gone by, but man, uh a year has flown by. It really has, and so much has happened in a year, uh, just craziness, but I'm glad that we have, through all the ridiculousness and ups and downs of the past year, I'm glad the podcast has stayed steady, so right. that's good, and thank you to all the listeners who have shown the support. We really appreciate it. Yes, we do, and we will, uh, we're will. we looking forward to this year, the rest of this year, uh, some exciting stuff coming next year, and uh, we'll see how far we take this journey. Yeah. I cannot Absolutely. wait. 
All right, we will talk to you guys next week. And uh, again, we do appreciate you listening to uh, B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Thanks, everyone.